Hello, and thank you for joining us for our podcast series highlighting the key changes proposed for the quality payment program in the 2020 proposed rule. In this series, we hope to inform you of what you can expect for the quality payment program in 2020. My name is Michelle Brunson. I am on the Telligen SERS team. Here at the Telligen SERS, we help small practices in Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, and South Dakota understand and be successful in the quality payment program. The 2020 proposed rule was released on July 29th and contains proposed changes for the physician fee schedule and the quality payment program. In part one of the series, we discuss the general changes proposed for 2020. In part two, we discuss the key changes for the quality category. Today, in part three, we will discuss the key changes proposed for the promoting interoperability and improvement activities categories. We also encourage you to listen to part four of the series, which focuses on the cost category. I will start with improvement activities category, as there aren't too many changes proposed for 2020. There are some modifications. CMS is proposing to add two activities, modify seven and remove 15. I want to bring to your attention one of the improvement activities they are proposing to add includes a high-weighted activity, tracking of clinicians' relationship to and responsibility for a patient by reporting macro patient relationship codes. This is done by using the appropriate HICS-PICS modifiers on 50% or more of the Medicare claims for a minimum continuous 90-day period. This has been voluntary in the past, but it really helps clarify attribution of your patients when CMS is calculating the cost category. So we're very happy to see this proposed activity and hoping many choose it. We will be recording a podcast in the near future about the patient relationship codes to provide more details, so watch for that podcast on our website at telogenqpp.com. The other new improvement activity is drug cost transparency. This is also a high-weighted activity, and so it's very important for clinicians to work with patients so that the best choices are made for prescriptions to help with compliance. As for the removal of 15 activities, most are proposed to be removed as they are duplicates of existing activities, many around the Qualified Clinical Data Registries, or QCDRs. I will say, however, that one of the activities they are proposing to remove is the annual registration in the Prescription Drug Monitoring Program. We had many clients use this medium-weighted activity in the last two years, so we want to bring this to your attention. One of the bigger proposals for the improvement activity category is that CMS is looking to increase the requirement that at least 50% of the group's MPIs must perform the same activity for the same continuous 90 days in the performance period for the group to get credit for the activity. This differs in that it has only been one of the group's MPIs which had to perform the activity for the entire group to get credit for the improvement activity category. Now let's talk about the proposed changes for the promoting interoperability category. CMS is trying to keep this the same as much as possible, maintaining alignment with the Medicare Promoting Interoperability Program for hospitals. I have divided it up between proposed policies that have been continued, clarified, changed, and removed, followed by those topics that CMS is specifically asking for comments. First, let's start with those that are proposed to continue. CMS is proposing to continue the existing policy of reweighting the promoting interoperability performance category for certain types of non-physician practitioner MIPS eligible clinicians. 
NPs, PAs, CRNAs, CNSs, OTs, PTs, qualified speech-language pathologists, qualified audiologists, clinical psychologists, and registered dietitians or nutrition professionals for the performance period in 2020. They will, however, reevaluate if there are sufficient measures applicable and available for those types of MIPS ECs as more data beyond the first year becomes available. So if you have any comments on this, you would want to make sure you submit those. Now for those policies that are being clarified. CMS also clarified non-patient-facing policies. For non-patient-facing groups where more than 75% of the MIPS-eligible clinicians in the group are classified as non-patient-facing, CMS would automatically reweight the promoting interoperability category to the quality category. Next, if you chose an exclusion for the supporting electronic referral loops by sending health information measure, CMS would redistribute those 20 points to the provide patients access to their health information measure, and this is beginning in calendar year 2019. Under the proposal, if exclusions are claimed for both the health information exchange objective measures, which are supporting electronic referral loops by receiving and incorporating health information, and supporting electronic referral loops by sending health information measures, a total of those 40 points associated with those measures would be redistributed to the provide patients access to their health information measure. Now for those policies that CMS is proposing to change. First, for hospital-based MIPS-eligible clinicians group definition, CMS is proposing to lower the threshold of eligible clinicians that would have to be considered to be hospital-based for group reporting from 100% to 75%. What they are proposing is that a group would be identified as hospital-based and eligible for reweighting of the promoting interoperability category to the quality category if more than 75% of the MPIs in the group meet the definition of a hospital-based individual MIPS-EC. This is compared to the percentage of MIPS-ECs in the group in 2018 being 100%. CMS believes a threshold of more than 75% is appropriate because it's consistent with the thresholds for groups in the definitions of facility-based MIPS-ECs and non-patient-facing MIPS-ECs. As a reminder, hospital-based MIPS-eligible clinicians who furnishes 75% or more of his or her covered professional services in sites of service identified by places service codes of inpatient hospital, on-campus outpatient hospital, off-campus outpatient hospital, or emergency room setting based on claims for the MIPS determination period. Beginning with the 2019 performance period, CMS would remove the numerator and denominator for the bonus measure of query a prescription drug monitoring program measure, and instead you would answer as a yes or a no option. They are proposing to continue to keep this as a bonus or optional measure for 2020 and still have it be eligible for five bonus points under the e-prescribing objective in 2020. As for the proposed removal, CMS is proposing that beginning with 2020 performance period, they will remove the measure Verify Opioid Treatment Agreement. This is a bonus measure for 2019. 
Since CMS proposed this measure, they have received feedback from stakeholders that this measure has presented significant implementation challenges and an increase in burden and does not further interoperability. Finally, some specific areas where CMS is seeking input include, number one, potential opioid measures for future inclusion in the promoting interoperability performance category, two, NQF and CDC opioid quality measures, three, a metric to improve efficiency of providers within EHRs, four, the provider-to-patient exchange objective, Five, integration of patient-generated health data into EHRs using certified EHR technology. And six, engaging in activities that promote the safety of the EHR. This concludes our summary of the proposals for the improvement activities and promoting interoperability performance categories for 2020. Thanks again for joining us today. If there is any part of the proposal for which you would like to submit comments to CMS, we encourage you to do so. Comments are due by September 27, 2019, no later than 5 p.m. Eastern. Your comments may be submitted electronically through regulations.gov. Enter in the search field Medicare Program CY 2020 Revisions to Payment Policies under the Physician Fee Schedule, and you will see the proposed rule pop up. Click on the Comment Now button, and you can enter your comments in the text box. You can also submit a comment by regular express or overnight mail or hand or courier. The mailing address for your comments and the link to the proposed rule can be found by going to our website at telegentqpp.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tune in to Part 4 to learn more about the changes proposed for the cost performance category. We hope you found this podcast informative. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at 515-453-8180 or by email at mbrunson, that's M-B-R-U-N-S-E-N, at telegen.com. Thank you and have a great day.